Welcome to the 12th House Podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about building your spiritual operating system. But before we get into that, hey witches, I am back, baby. I don't know if you can hear, but I've got a little snoring baby resting on me. No clue if the mic picked that up, but hi, it's me, Michelle, the head witch in charge of holisticism, the co-host, one of the co-hosts of this podcast. And I am just poking my head out from my maternity leave I don't know, gopher hole. <laughs> I was about to say hovel, but that doesn't feel right. Um, from my maternity leave bubble, let's say that. And just, you know, like barely piercing the surface of the bubble with my little finger to jump back in and record some record some costs for you. And I'm so excited to be back. I have my baby, as I said, resting on me right now. And um, let's see how long this lasts. But yeah, anyways... <laughs> <laughs> I missed you. And um, as I ease my way back into working and figuring out what this new cadence is going to look like, I'm stoked to record some episodes because Wallace told me after doing some reporting on last year's 2022 on the 12th house. Oh my God, by the way, thank you so much to everyone who got us in our your Spotify wrapped. I know that was a million years ago, but like oh, honored, flattered, seriously, like so just so in awe of you. Thank you for listening. Um, and it turns out you like a lot of what we do. And one of the things that you really enjoy are solo episodes. So I'm back for a little quick solo episode. Um, if you don't like solo episodes, sorry, kid, that's showbiz. Um, I guess, I guess go back and listen to, you know, the ones without me. But, but if you do welcome, I'm happy that you're here and I'm really excited about this topic, uh, building a spiritual operating system. I mean, hopefully you could pick up on it at this point, but our theme, our concept for this month on the 12th house is what is your personal operating system or, you know, spiritual operating system. We had our team episode and then, oh God, did you listen to the episode with Pia Beck from Curate Welco? So good. Janelle and Wallace, oh, amazing interviewers. It was fantastic. Go listen to it. Pia talks about what it's like to be an entrepreneur and a CEO with OCD, with an OCD diagnosis and how, you know, getting a late in life diagnosis can be revelatory, but also really interesting because you've already created some habits and systems and ways of coping with the world that help you survive and function, but also like perhaps make you amazing at a certain thing, perhaps the thing that you have decided to do. Because, you know, if you're like me and you have ADHD or you're a squiggly brained person, you become an entrepreneur because sitting at a desk at a nine to five job in corporate America made you want to poke your own eyes out and you just couldn't do it. So you needed to create a job that you could be excited by and enticed by and be really good at. And guess what? Entrepreneurs <laughs> have to be really good at having a lot of energy and jumping from thing to thing to thing. And that's what ADHD people love to do. So all of that to be said, an operating system is just how you function in the world, right? And what we're looking at this month is really consciously defining what your operating system is, especially when it comes to your spirituality. And when we say spirituality, like that's kind of a catch-all phrase for us at holisticism. We're not like talking about necessarily religion. We're not necessarily talking about mysticism. We're not necessarily talking about philosophy. We're talking about, you know, all of the above or metaphysics, all the things, what spirituality I think more means to us is meaning making system, how we see the world, how we sort of like 
worship and where we find the quote unquote divinity in life. And, you know, for some people, the divinity in life is going to be in, in a church. For others, it's going to be looking at the gorgeous little face of their cherub baby. For still others, it's going to be biting into a warm slice of cherry pie. And for other people, it's going to be seeing their favorite football team win. You know, divinity is not one size fits all. And spirituality isn't either. So when we say spiritual operating system, really what we're trying to build and what we're what we're thinking about when it comes to spirituality is really your worldview and your meaning making system. But let's go back. I totally buried the lead. What's a spiritual operating system or what we call a spiritual OS? So think about your computer or your iPhone or you know your cell phone, whatever. Um, <laughs> we're not against the galaxy over here. Um, an operating system is what makes your technology run, right? It's the programming and the algorithms and the information, the intelligence that tells your piece of machinery machinery what to do, what brings it to life, right? And helps it compute and understand. So our spiritual operating system is similar. It is the programs that we run in our mind as we experience life. So the beliefs, the rules, our way of seeing things and understanding things. For example, you probably have heard like this language of program. Um, what program are you running when it comes to like quote unquote limiting beliefs? Like, oh, I'm running a program that I can't make more than $100,000. So we need to reprogram that belief into something new or something different um, if that's something that we want to shift. So our spiritual operating system includes, of course, the programs that we run. It also is the values and the why behind the pro- those programs. So how did you come to think about that? Why is that your perspective on life? What's the proof that you have that that is true? Because we all find proof for what we want to believe. Um, and of course, we don't just come up with these concepts, this um, way of understanding the world like randomly, arbitrarily. No, we have evidence, right? Um, and if we want to shift, we also need to find evidence to shift that programming or those beliefs. A spiritual operating system is also an algorithm that you can feed new information into to get a new desired outcome. And it's a manual for your highest, healthiest functioning and how to maintain your optimal operation, like operating system in and of yourself. So how you can be the best, shiniest, brightest version of yourself. And if you're maybe like me and you're a squiggly brained person, or perhaps <laughs> perchance you have depression, <laughs> which I also, you know, I've got a gorgeous brain full of delightful things like depression, anxiety, ADHD, epilepsy. It's really fun up here. (laughs) You know that there are some things that are necessary for your function, for you to show up and be the best version of yourself. And if we continually miss those sort of targets, then we're setting ourselves up for failure. And our spiritual operating system is meant to be this user manual for us because I think it's so easy for, honestly, speaking for myself here, to forget how to heal ourselves. This is totally like tangential, but a good example. When I was in labor, (laughs) I had some complications and, you know, it got to the point where my OB was like, you gotta, you gotta get this baby moving. You gotta dilate more or we're going to have a C-section. And I felt so hopeless and I felt so like it had been so medicalized, my experience, which is just what happens when you're in a hospital, right? And something clicked in my brain where I was like, wait, I know my body. I know how to calm myself down. I know how to heal myself. Like I'm a fucking witch, dude. Why am I doubting my powers? And I took some time to give myself some Reiki and just bring my breathing back down and meditate for a little bit and 
boom, I was fully dilated about two hours later and able to give birth and able to, you know, miss this C-section. Thank goodness. For me, that was what I was hoping and everything went smoothly. But it reminded me that so often I hold the keys, right? I know what to do when I'm feeling depressed or anxious. I know how to help myself, but it's like I almost forget. I have like temporary amnesia and maybe you can relate to that. So our spiritual operating system is meant to call us back to to who we are, to remind us, hey, these are all the things that you have in your back pocket. This is everything you know, all of your knowledge, all of your wisdom, in case you doubt yourself or forget. And this is how you can come back to who you are if you feel lost. So I think that creating a spiritual operating system will be really helpful to anyone who doesn't like creating goals or setting goals. <laughs> goals make me actually want to throw up and they always make me feel like I'm failing. And Goal, goal setting just gets me into like should mindset, you know, oh, I should do that. I should have that on my list of what to accomplish. If I'm a good entrepreneur, I should do, you know, X, Y, Z in revenue. If I'm a good partner, I should be planning this with my partner. When in reality, I don't want to live in should land. <laughs> I just want to live in like doing land, you know, be doing and being. And our core values or thinking about core values instead of creating goals, I think can be really useful for that. So there are a couple things in your spiritual operating system that you want to lay out. So in case you're at home and you want to go through this in real time with me, go ahead and grab a pen and paper or an ocean document. And this is what's going to be inside your spiritual operating system, at least from my perspective. And if you're like, oh my God, this is so fucking fun and I want to do this all day long. This is actually what we're doing in the North Node for the next quarter. We had a full three-day class on building a spiritual operating system. It was really fun. So if you're a North Node member and you're like, wait a sec, <laughs> this sounds great. You get the full template inside of North Node. All right. If we're going to make our spiritual operating system, I think that there are mm, like four core ideas that you want to think about when you're crafting this for yourself. And remember, you can do this however you want. Seriously, like this is your life manual. This is your operating system that you're building a guide to. So include what matters to you. But if it were me, I would start with four things. My core values, my purpose, my daily unblocking ritual, and then my principles. And we're going to go through all of these in a second, but you might want to add some other things inside of our spiritual operating system template. We've got your personal rules for life, which is your manifesto, your known unknowns, which is basically like, what are your strong opinions loosely held? Ideas that you're kind of working on or chewing on, but not quite sure you want to be married to, you know, that you want to take in and as programming, maybe like a philosophy or idea that you're still working your mind around. We also have non-negotiables, which is basically just like, what's your energetic minimum in your life and every element of your life, or what is necessary for you to live a full, full healthy life, right? Like maybe you have a non-negotiable of, I need to travel. And so you have a personal principle or a personal practice of, uh, traveling out of the country once a year. So that's what your non-negotiable looks like IRL. Um, and then finally, we also include a user manual. And this is something that you can actually give to other people, um, which is great. <laughs> it's very helpful, uh, I think, especially in work situations, to give people 
sort of sort of like a, a lowdown of who you are and how you like to work and how you how you operate and how you take feedback and what it looks like when you're stressed and how you like to be rewarded or you know spoken to. Um, <laughs> I made a joke when I was teaching this in the North Node that it's like a very neurodivergent thing to want to create basically a manual of you and just hand it over to someone and be like, here read this and you'll get me. But I think that if you maybe are a little bit like me, you can probably relate to having anxiety about being misinterpreted and that being held against you. And dang, just like not wanting to <laughs> to small talk your way through life and kind of getting down to the root. I mean, maybe that's my Scorpio moon. I don't know. But just being able to jump right in with someone and feel comfortable and know that because they understand how you work, they actually might give you more grace. You might give each other more grace and more compassion. All of that is in our spiritual operating system template. You can add those things into yours as well. But let's start with the most important things. Or today, let's go over what I believe are the most important things, starting with our core values. Now, our core values are the three to five guiding principles of your life. And our core values are, you know, generally inspired by our purpose or our reason for being, which we'll talk about in a second. But I actually find starting with purpose is really overwhelming. And um, I don't always relate or identify with having a singular purpose. I do now, but I found that so, so challenging um, through my 20s and in my teens and even into my 30s. Um and I feel like I hear that a lot from other people that they're trying to find their purpose. They aren't sure what their purpose is and it makes them feel lost. So I kind of think that if we start with core values, that can actually ground us down. And I like working on core values and thinking about these instead of making goals for myself because goals just never make me feel good if I'm gonna be honest with you. Even when I accomplish my goals, I'm like, <sighs> I feel empty inside. <laughs> Um, mostly because my goals, even though I know myself so well, they often come from a sh place of should. And I, I don't feel good when I'm shoulding. <laughs> um, like I should do this as a good partner. I should do this as a, as a great business owner. I should do this as a good friend, as opposed to that desire coming, like bubbling up from within me um, and come em emerging from me, generating from me. So if you don't like setting goals and maybe you haven't yet at the beginning of the year and you're feeling a lot of guilt around it, just don't <laughs> and maybe start with your core values instead. We're going to pick three to five core values. If you are feeling the desire to pick more than three to five, that's totally cool. You can write down as many values as you want, but I'm going to ask you to pick your three to five. So you're going to call down your list from 20, 25 words that really inspire you and you feel like describe what matters to you and pick your most important. Think about when you have core items in your closet. If you were to get rid of those three to five core items in your closet, the rest of your closet wouldn't make sense, right? It wouldn't go together. They're the things, the uniting themes that hold everything together. And that also, if you were going to lay all those, those three to five pieces out on your bed, they'd probably disguise describe your sense of style or fashion succinctly. Our core values are just like that. And I'll put a list, um, a, there's a, a big ass list of core values ideas that I'll put into the show notes. But to give you an idea of what they might sound like, I'll give you my core values. So I've got five. Mine are mystery, irreverence, self-honoring, integrity, and well-being. These are the things that I orient my life around and that I can really ask myself, Am I prioritizing these core values? If I am, I feel I'm on the right path. If I'm not, time to go back to the drawing board. 
And the thing about core values is if you just like think of them as platitudes and you never revisit them and you don't, you're not constantly checking in with yourself on them, then they're, well, what's the point of even writing them down, right? It's like stupid. <laughs> so you might find it useful to create a couple of questions that will not only contextualize your core values for you, but also help you audit yourself and, you know, keep you honest about whether you're really prioritizing what you said you would prioritize. For example, if I've got the core value of irreverence, I might want to create three questions that I can ask myself at regular inter- intervals, like maybe weekly or daily even, or once a year annually, and really check in and say like, okay, am I, am I doing what I said I was going to do? So for irreverence, my three questions might be, am I questioning the status quo? Am I finding a way to flirt as often as possible? And then finally, am I laughing and finding the humor even in difficult situations. To me, that defines what irreverence is in my life. Now, you might have a completely different definition of irreverence. You might think of it as being rebellious or disrespecting authority um, or being even offensive, right? Some people would have that connotation with that word. That's not what it means to me and not how I want it to show up in my life. But these questions help sort of define what irreverence means to me and, of course, help me, you know, check in on whether I'm really living up to that core value for myself. So create some questions for you uh, to, to audit, you know, your core values and ask yourself, okay, am I actually doing this thing or not? Integrity might be a core value that you really identify with. I think that it could be a core value for, for everyone. So maybe your three questions are, am I doing what I said I was going to do? Or maybe you even have just one question, integrity. Am I doing what I said I would do? Right? simple. The next step that we're going to want to think about is defining our purpose. And maybe after we've written our core values, it's a little bit easier to think about purpose, which is a sort of big thing that some people spend their entire lives searching for. Now, I think we all chose to be put on this planet for a reason. I definitely subscribe to the human design idea that you chose your body, this time, this space, And in particular, when to be born in human design so that you had some special superpowers and gifts and a success path in order to accomplish or mm, I guess like to embody your incarnation cross, which is your destiny, right? What you're here to do. So you can check out your incarnation cross if you want to maybe, you know, cross-reference that with what you think your purpose is in human design. But why do you believe that you were put on this planet? Do you think that you have a mission or a directive or some sort of existential goal to complete while you're rock- walking around on this floating rock in space in this little meat suit that's deteriorating day <laughs> every single day? If not, that's okay. Maybe think about it. Let it brew. Or maybe something comes to you really quickly. You know, when we ask the Akashic Records, what is our purpose? Across the board, it says love. Just love. <laughs> that's it. But maybe your purpose is I'm here to help others fulfill their highest potential, or I'm here to fulfill my highest potential to see what my limitations are, but also what my boundaries are. Maybe you're here to teach people about spirituality. Maybe you're here to master the perfect chocolate chip cookie recipe and feed it to as many people as possible. I think that my purpose is to experience as much as I can as a human being so that I have wisdom and knowledge and this like breadth of um, experiences to give advice and to share and to guide when, you know, I'm in my next life. (laughs) So that's why I think I'm here. 
But maybe take a moment to write out what you think your purpose is, what comes up for you, or even just sketch out a couple of ideas, uh, words that come up when you think of purpose. It could be to create art or to be, you know, just to experience or to learn about love. Next, I want us to think about our principles. And this is pretty simple. Our principles come from our purpose and our core values. Principles are just like your operating rules, uh, your guides, your agreements, your pillars, your commandments for yourself, your laws, whatever you want to call them. And if you were going to write a, a book, these would be the chapter titles in the book of you or the book of your meaning making system of how you operate in the world. Uh, so I think that a really good example of principles are is the book, The Four Agreements, amazing book, by the way, if you haven't read it, you've got to. But the four agreements are be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. Okay, great. Amazing, amazing, amazing principles that I feel like we all are like, yeah, damn, those are good. And if we look at these principles, we could probably trace back what the core values to these each principle are. Maybe actually there's a couple of these principles that are connected to one core value. For example, I think be impeccable with your word and always do your best. To me, that's integrity, right? Maybe don't take anything personally is um, be humble. And maybe don't make assumptions is compassion. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Loan them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, or whatever. You could come up with your own core values, I'm sure, for these principles as well. But we're going to kind of create maybe a list of phrases, turns of phrase or, or belief systems that are sort of hammered out that come from our core values. My dad growing up always said, Pelazons never give up. <laughs> that was one of his principles. And that, that stuck with me forever. Another uh, great example of principles are Coach John Wooden from UCLA. He's got his uh, principle, his the leadership pyramid, but he's also got principles for working on a team um, and teamwork. So you see these in a lot of different areas. And pretty much every book that's like a self-help book has principles inside of it, right? It's the formula or the way of thinking about things or the methodology. Um, so if that helps you define your principles a little bit more, remember going back to your book, what's your methodology? What's the way that you see the world? And the way that you would explain it to somebody else who's brand new to it, those are going to be your principles. And finally, we want to think about our daily unblocking ritual. Now, your spiritual operating system, remember, is created to help you be the highest version of yourself and show up as the most sparkly, shiny version of you. And say it with me, you are not blocked. You're not blocked. You're not blocked. You're not blocked. You really aren't. <laughs> it can feel like we are stuck often when we're just going about doing our things, right? While we're being humans on this planet. And I think when we feel that resistance, we immediately want to get out of that place. We want to get out of that discomfort of the not knowing or of the sort of like the path not being clear of being maybe in the dark. And we look for any possible way to, to just like get out of that as quickly as humanly possible, like mainlining spirituality or like rushing through shadow work or um, diving headfirst into some, I don't know, spiritual belief system without really questioning it because we're just so, so hoping to find the magic bullet that will be the answer. And I, I think that can really get us into trouble. And also 
doesn't honor the fact that getting stuck or feeling stuck is sacred in and of itself. So many lessons are revealed to us in the stuckness. And I love the book, The War of Art, Stephen Pressfield talks about resistance and how resistance is part of the creative process. And I would argue that channel creative process is just channeling, right? So it's tapping into your highest self and to something higher than you and bringing it, that down to earth, which I think a lot of us want to do, right? In our work, we want to channel something that's bigger than us. And resistance doesn't mean that you shouldn't write that book or you shouldn't show up on social media or that you aren't the right person to, I don't know, start that business. It doesn't mean that. It just means that like you got some skin in the game and sometimes this stuff is hard. Now, sometimes resistance also means that you're not on the right path and <laughs> this this is it's time to throw in the towel. I wish I could tell you, uh, give you a black and white, this is when you should move forward and this is when you shouldn't. But that wouldn't be fun, would it? <laughs> and as as like painful as it can feel sometimes to feel stuck in between Am I doing the right thing or should I should I just give up, right? Am, is this actually a sign that I shouldn't be put, putting my attention and focus on whatever it is that feels like it's just not moving forward? When those moments, when we're faced with those moments, that's when we come back to our spiritual operating system. And that's when we also ask ourselves, am I keeping it clear? Because my only job is to keep the channel clear, right? As clear as I possibly can be. I really recognized this a lot when I was pregnant. I was unmedicated for my ADHD. And I think the reason that I'm obsessed with wellness and ritual and spirituality uh, is because for so much of my life, it's been almost impossible for me to function without having a pretty strict routine and ritual that sets me up to be just like baseline functioning as myself. If I don't do my workout and drink my water and take my supplements and uh, not start my day on my phone, and if I eat too much sugar and blah, 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 all these things, right? If I don't tap into my intuition, it's it's a wash. <laughs> and I think that when it comes to keeping our vessel clear, keeping the line of communi- communication clear, that's our responsibility. That's where we're going to create our own daily unblocking ritual or our own unblocking spell. Now you're never blocked, but we're going to just throw that language up there because it can feel like we're blocked, right? Think about this as almost like opening the door every day to inspiration and intuition and magic. So some considerations when you're putting together your daily unblocking ritual, which I would recommend making your morning routine because we know when we study successful and creative people, generally they have a a pretty specific morning routine. It doesn't have to be a three hour long morning routine, but it's usually something that's quite repeatable and that they can fall back on throughout their lives. When we have habits, habits are uh, sort of like these bumpers that hold us up when we really are struggling. So they help us build a muscle of um, resilience and integrity so that when we find it difficult to move forward, for example, if we're feeling really depressed, uh, I know that I definitely have depression and this is something that I, I, I work on a lot and have to work with a lot. When I'm not feeling it, my habits are what keep me going and they keep me on track. When I miss one day, that leads into two days, that leads into three days and all of a sudden I'm 
a month, two months, three months out of my mental health being in the toilet. And it's because like, I literally didn't drink water like one time (laughs) in the morning when I woke up, you know, it's like, whoa, that's, that's a vicious cycle. (laughs) It's really, really challenging sometimes to, that's a lot of work to, to upkeep. And when I was saying, you know, when I was on maternity leave and when I was um, pregnant, being unmedicated really brought into focus for me how much work goes into me keeping it clear when I'm not medicated. And that doesn't mean that I can't keep it clear. I can. I can still do these daily unblocking rituals. It's just more challenging. It takes more energy or more effort. When I have a little boost of something like medication, that helps me. It's almost like putting a little extra gas in my tank or it like greases up the wheels a little bit more. But I can't just have one and not the other. I still, I need both. Medication doesn't fix everything for me. And having a daily unblocking ritual definitely helps me, but I need it to be, (laughs) I need the least amount of resistance as possible. So let's talk about how you can build your daily unblocking ritual. Think about your morning routine in throughout your life. What are some of the tools, tactics, beliefs, practices that really helped you at a certain time of your life? It's okay if you've dropped these habits at some point, all good, but I want you to write down wow, what was really useful? Maybe it was writing morning pages or doing a five minute meditation in the morning or pulling a tarot card. I like physically feel more healthy when I pull a tarot card every morning. Like my my body wakes up. It, it feels like it, it rejuvenates me. It's really important for me. Or maybe it's when you're running every morning a mile or 10 miles, whatever. Write down what some of those mm, triggers were for you that really helped you feel vitality. Next, I want you to think about what is possible for you right now in your life. What can you do with consistency? Do you not have an hour in the morning? Do you really only have 10 to 15 minutes for yourself? That's okay. Don't beat yourself up about that. What can you do in that 10 to 15 minutes that will help get you unblocked? That could be, I walk outside and I breathe in some fresh air. It could be, I don't look at my phone and I take a cold shower. It could be, I call my mom, right? Whatever you want to do. I pray, whatever you want to do. But think about what your daily unblocking ritual, your spell, the spell that you're casting with your intentions and with your actions, what that might look like. And maybe think about like the minimum viable daily unblocking ritual. What is this the least that you can do and still feel like the most ebullient version of yourself? For me, my daily unblocking ritual right now looks like taking my vitamins, drinking my water, making my potion of the day, and then doing uh, some chanting with my partner. And that feels really good. And so I feel so much more clear and then pulling a tarot card, obviously, but I feel so much more clear when I do those things. And it doesn't take a long time. Like our chant takes six minutes. Great. Easy. We can, I can probably get my morning routine done in 10 minutes if I need to. And One thing I want you to think about is when you're writing down these past morning routines or practices, spiritual practices that have been useful to you, think about that as your library of knowledge and information that you can fall back on when things feel sticky or kind of gunky, when you feel gunked up, that you can maybe try like, oh, right, using herbs really helped support me during that time of my life or going to therapy was really useful. When we have, you know, we kind of get temporary amnesia 
when it comes to um, helping ourselves sometimes. So when we've got it written written down and we can actually like maybe even travel back in time and remember when that thing was useful to us and how we felt, it's a bit of a lifeline, <laughs> you know? Because man, I don't know about you, but when I feel stuck, I feel, I feel like I'm like in this black hole and no one can throw a rope in and like get me out. Like it's almost like no one else can help me. I can only help myself. And sometimes I don't want to, <laughs> if I'm being honest, I like want to be in there for some reason. Um, and I don't know, I don't always know why. Maybe it's because sometimes it's hard, <laughs> you know, sometimes it takes effort to like live this wildest version of your life, this most wonderful version of your life. Or maybe because sometimes it's hard to see why am I here? and what matters to me, and what are my core values. So hopefully by writing all of this stuff down and having it for yourself to review and look back on, you can keep it clear and you'll feel less like falling in the black hole and not getting yourself out of it, right? You'll be able to remember, right, what are, what does matter to me? Why? What is my purpose? And how can I help myself get unstuck? Because you've got everything that you need. Like you're a genius. You're you're good. <laughs> you've got it. And you've created an operating system, whether you realize it or not, unconsciously, I'm sure, to get to this point in your life. And now is a great time to consciously like fine-tune that operating system, upgrade it, if you will, upgrade the programming so that you can be the clearest version of you. I think that's it. I think that's all I got for you today. I hope that this was useful. I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to hear about your core values. So will you DM us on Instagram? I would love to see that. Um, and join the Holisticism Hub and say hi. And if you're like, dang, I really want to go over all this stuff and I want to take a three-day class on building a spiritual operating system and I definitely want to build a user manual because that sounds fucking cool. We did it all inside of the North Node. And we'd be honored to have you. Uh, the waitlist is open, so you can check that out in the show notes. And I think that's it. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, you're the best. I'm really happy to be easing back into coming back to work. And um, I can't wait to hear from you. Have a great rest of your day. I love you. Talk to you later. Bye. The 12th House is produced by yours truly, Wallace Miller Blanchard. Our theme music is made by Nathan McKay. And our wonderful editing is done by Softer Sound Studios, who you can find more information about in our show notes.